0: This week, we are presenting to you our uh, Fall Magazine podcast. We are having three of the authors from our Fall Magazine come on the podcast and read their pieces. First, we have Ellen Grace reading her piece, Pain Unseen. And then we have James Newell reading his piece, Boldly Go. And then we have Meg Zhang reading her piece, Taking Up Space.
1: Thanks for listening.
2: Pain on scene, recalculating my body and my pain. My therapist tells me that when you picture your body in your mind's eye, everything is not of equal size. The average person will picture their head as much bigger than it is because they spend much more time thinking about their head than the rest of their body. My perception of my body is recalculated every morning. If my left shoulder feels bigger than my right, I think that somehow everyone can see this. I can't imagine anyone looking at me and not sensing the swelling and burning I feel inside or not being disgusted by the arched over shape my body has taken. But in reality, I look the same as I would if I didn't have a chronic illness. If I don't have my shoulders or my hands taped up, I don't feel I have the right to ask for a seat on the subway. I'll get off the train and wait for one to come where I can see a vacant seat. I am late to class. I don't have enough water since I wasn't expecting to be on the train this long. I can only carry so much at a time. There's no way I could fill my bottle all the way up and carry it all the way to school. Needing to sit down has thrown off my perfectly calculated sustenance for the ride. I feel like I am the one who needs to vacate and find another space, not that the spaces around me need to learn to be accommodating. I am scared to ask someone for a seat. I don't like asking people to carry things for me, although I'm sure they don't mind. I am stuck in a mindset of, I'm young, this shouldn't be happening to me, asking for help is giving in. If I don't give in, it is not real, I am not sick. I will wake up one day and this will all be over. Since I look like a healthy and active young adult, it's easy to occupy the persona that I am given by the gaze of strangers. The girl they see looks like she could run for miles, like she could run away and find a place of her own. I wish I could. I go to a bookstore and for the first time ever I see a section on disability studies. There is a spot on the shelf for the writing that I have not yet been able to produce. A spot for the people who have expressed what I still find inexpressible. I pick up a copy of Sonia Huber's Pain Woman Takes Your Keys and other essays from a nervous system. Go to the coffee shop down the street and start reading. The cake I ordered comes on a plate that is too heavy for me to carry. The chair I sit in is not high enough, and the table isn't at an angle where I can use it to help me hold a book up. I am upset, but I am also ecstatic, because I feel more seen than I have in a long time. What you mean is, there is a secret door we all must enter, and I am entering it, and it is painted in luminescent colors that I am drawn to describe, but I cannot. What you might mean is, I am less afraid to die because I am dying. Sonia Huber speaks to me from what she calls the kingdom of the sick. She tells me that I am not the only one beginning a journey into this domain. There is a place here, and I will slowly allow my body to be in it.
1: Look at it—burnt, pitted. The mindlessness, vacant contentment. I knew, but they've erased it, edited, adjusted, subverted. Me, but I won't forget. That man on the stage, the human brain, that popinjay. Only my brain. What is brain? How can he die? Can I survive without him? The flesh and what you call the personality—a living mass who can find no rest. A hole in space. A body is a hole in space of the mind. Death. There is no pain. No pain. Does this make such a difference? You can't do it. No. I must. I must surrender myself. A brain. A brain. A mind. Without me. If the image wasn't so ugly. It'd be laughable. Ugly. That's an honorable title. You're a sick man now, sir. He'll have all that inside him. There's no room. Almost as if we were two. Keep closing. Keep closing. He's too close. He burned up. My negative self. I could have called you friend. But permit me the glory of the kill. Instead. Two men. different but a body is, a hole in the universe, not, not a hole, a door, and space, the final, we heard that you might have rooms for us, no room, no, no room, but I want to be free and unchained, the human body, my mind, I want to be not of the body, like a chain, one break and it all collapses, no room, you kill them, murderers, oxygen and nitrogen, atmosphere, can we breathe, no life forms, no air, possibly hidden in the box, there, what is it, a light, a light, Rising. What is it? Is it a hand stopped in space? There's a strange cloud in my mind. Round trip time. Calm. Calm. He's beginning to sleep again. The hand descends. We're burning up. Sleep forever. Forever and forever. We're burning up. You need sleep. I'm losing an officer. Space. Collapses. I can't let you force me down there. I may not want to leave. Not yet. I may want another place. I'm just not sure yet. No time. Sentimentality. Mercy. The emotions of the emotions of joy to you friend you will know the peace it's a proven killer murderers murder completely uninhabited desolate but rich there will only be one of you in the end pray that you die easily space the pain is gone closing you must open my mind how can you die
0: I never thought about my weight until the summer before high school. I was an utter disaster in gym class, petrified by the beep test, a trial of endurance that forces unlucky participants to race against a progressively faster beep. And so I thought to myself, well, why don't you take up running until September? You can get into shape and prepare for your first semester. I wasn't overweight by any means. I was 5'6 and weighed 135 pounds, smack dab in the middle of normal according to the body mass index. But as I struggled to run even a kilometre, I began to feel uncomfortable by what I perceived to be a flabby midriff and jiggling arms and thighs. Little by little the thought entered my head, I really want to lose all of this. Now for better or worse, when I put my mind to something, I don't stop until I get what I want. But it was clear that summer that I didn't know what I meant by losing it all. I ran for two hours every evening throughout July and August of 2016. I limited myself to boiled vegetables, no oil allowed, lean plant-based protein, and carefully measured portions of rice. I even purchased a food scale. By the beginning of September, I had gone from weighing 135 to 115 pounds. I went down two clothing sizes. Despite this dramatic weight loss, I remember not feeling any satisfaction. There were still parts of my body that were too big for my liking. From that point forward, the size of my body was always on my mind. I always felt too big, like some cancerous tumor metastasizing beyond control. In high school, I incorporated HIIT workouts, high intensity interval training, into my daily routine. I downloaded a calorie-counting app on my phone and made records on a spare sticky note every time I ate something. I recently found one of these notes with a series of two- and three-digit figures scrawled all over it. Apparently, a handful of strawberries is 30 calories. I rejected all beverages that contained calories. Having snacks and eating after dinner became unfathomable concepts. I went through periods where any fatty or oily foods made me gag. I felt a small twinge of pleasure each time I went to bed hungry. In the summers of grade 11 and my first year of university, I lost my period several times. I was constantly exhausted. My bones ached like nothing else. It wasn't always like this, however. For the next couple of years, I oscillated between periods of normal eating and then moments of complete asceticism. Sometimes I felt okay, and other times I felt awful. I didn't have any grand revelation about my dietary habits until this summer. Studying for the LSATs was incredibly stressful, and when I get anxious, I lose my appetite. I struggled to eat more than a meal a day. Oftentimes, I could only get down a smoothie or two. By the time I finished my exam on July 15th, I weighed under 110 pounds, considerably underweight by BMI standards. It suddenly hit me. I shouldn't be this small. I shouldn't feel this frail. I thought to myself, well, you have to gain some weight, but I hardly knew where to begin. Turns out, eating a burger and fries once a week or drinking the occasional root beer float is not going to magically reverse years of restrictive eating and unhealthy exercise. I realized to gain weight, I had to eat at a caloric surplus every day, and for me, this meant eating more than three meals a day. Little by little, I incorporated a fourth meal, daily desserts, and one or two snacks between every large portion of food. I say little by little because I didn't realize how mentally challenging this whole process would be. I didn't expect to be my worst enemy, as well as my biggest fan. It's safe to say that I was, and on a bad day, I still am, terrified of allowing my body to take up space. I was sickened by the thought of growing my body and filling up the world with my person. There are still days where I look in the mirror and I wish I could be smaller, have less of me on my arms and my hips. There are still moments where I think about my flesh as something abject, something that needs to be erased. Indeed, it is mind-boggling how sometimes an ideal female body is barely having one at all. While challenging in many respects, this whole journey has been incredibly rewarding. You perform so much better in every aspect of your life when you grant your body the fuel it deserves. In 2012, I struggled to run one kilometer. After four years of low caloric meals and intense exercise, I could barely do five kilometers without getting winded. This year, I ran 11 kilometers at once, personal record, and more importantly, felt more energetic and exalted than ever. It is relieving not to think about food all the time. And when I do eat, I'm no longer doing the math of how many calories are an X amount of a portion size, I try my best to eat to complete satiety. From August to the time I am writing this article, I have gained another 10 pounds. I am just above 120 pounds. My goal is to gain another 5 pounds before I assess how to proceed from there. I know the road is long and difficult, but I'm excited to see where it will take me. I'm so thankful to finally allow my body to flourish.
2: We would like to thank ellen
0: james and meg once again for contributing their work to the strandcast and thank you all so much for listening